What's up, everybody? Happy day after Christmas. And it's okay to say it's Christmas because that is the actual holiday. Like Kwanzaa. I think today's Kwanzaa, so happy Kwanzaa. I don't know for sure. It could be Kwanzaa. I think it's on my Apple calendar. That's an official holiday, so happy Kwanzaa. Just like Merry Christmas yesterday and Hanukkah before that. Happy everything. What's up, everybody? I think I'm going to get in trouble. Oh, crap. I got it carried away. I love this song. I was waiting for the hook, but oh, well. Hey, everybody. This is PSTV's Gratitude Unfiltered. I'm happy to be here. Uh, give a shout out to the podcast, online radio uh, audience. And of course, uh, thank you, PSTV. What's up, Facebook? Hope you guys are doing amazing. And um, wow. So I'm actually going to push pause because I've been in the middle of a Dexter marathon uh, for two days. So I stayed in I stayed in California. Um, so I was alone during the holidays. So I worked and volunteered a little bit, and you know, just uh, freaking hung out and watched Dexter for hours upon hours upon hours. And then I'm watching it again today as I'm working. And it's funny because I talk about the dark passenger uh, that visits me every once in a while, and. Um, that's where the term dark passenger came from is from watching Dexter. And it's interesting to watch the show through these eyes. And I right now is uh, the season where his wife was murdered and right after, and he meets the other blonde girl that he basically teaches how to be a killer. And it's very, very interesting. Um, the dynamic between the two, because they see each other, they see each other's, like the darkness and there's like light is a, are attracted to it. And it's like a drawing, um, like a soul, like a spirit connection even. And it's interesting because reflecting back on relationships that I've been in over the course of my life, that's how I know love. Like I remember so many times like when, when in dating even, um, I just would say the worst things about me, which they weren't. No, hold on. I would say all these bad things about me, like, oh, blah, 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 like I was all screwed up. And, but really, I was hiding even, hiding even something darker. But I would throw that out there because I just wanted someone to like my darkness. And so I'm watching this, and it's just like, oh, my God. How messed up is that? Like, that's how I knew love and recognized it. Well, you love my monster. And if you love my monster, then I can love you back. Isn't that... Like, aren't all relationships like that? Where you... I mean, I know we always show our best stuff. But isn't it... Don't we want someone to like the bad side of us too? So this show, I'm going to have to watch a lot of TV Jakes in the morning, I think, because I'm going to be sucked into this all night. But the dynamic in this relationship is just a real huge mirror. Because I wonder why I have so much trouble feeling love, unless if it's 
the darkness that is drawing me. Because everybody's light is easy to love. What's not so easy is the dark passenger or the darkness in us that we all have. So, yeah, I'm in a self-reflective mode and I've been like this because I spent the holidays alone and thinking with my grandfather passing two days ago and not going home and thinking about all the time that's been wasted with me not being attached to my family, like not being involved in my family's life because I spent so many years running. And one of the greatest men, one of the greatest men that I knew, I didn't, have the time or day for. It's freaking weird, man. I like I ran from all my family. It wasn't just my grandfather, but he was literally one of the greatest examples of a man that I know. And I just I haven't been around. Um, there's so many areas of it's amazing how you can like I turned my life around five years ago and every time like I, I'm very dedicated to to growing closer to God and, and becoming the highest version of myself that I can be and yet even in that journey and trying to like take a step forward every single day. Sometimes that mirror gets put back up to us and, or something's revealed of like what we get to work on. I have been such a bad family member. You know, now I'm in California and I'm kind of away from everybody, but I've never made much of an effort to be close to my family because I was didn't want to be judged or I didn't want people to see me. And then even after my life changed, like I'd got out, gotten out of the habit of being involved in my family's life. It was hard. So, I mean, I'm close to my mom. I'm getting much closer to my daughter, close to my stepdad. But like the rest of the family who do matter so much to me, I've just fallen out of habit of like just reaching out and saying, what's up? Like family is supposed to do that. They don't do it, but I don't do it either. And I, <laughs> I mean, the truth is that's just as much, that's on me because I pushed everybody away for so long. So yeah, watching Dexter is making me reflect. I don't know why. <laughs> Anyway, I feel so bad for our guest who's just waiting here listening. I, um, but yeah, that's on my heart. 
don't want to share it. So I can't exactly tell you what kind of mood I'm in. I don't, can't even tell you what to expect from this interview. Um, but I'm in a vulnerable place. I'm so blessed. I'm so happy. And I wouldn't trade my life for anything right now. But I'm understanding that I have so much more to work on. So I guess you know what? It's shame. I embarrass my family a lot. Not just my mom, not just my daughter, not just wives and not just girlfriends, not just friends. I embarrassed a lot of people. And um, that's hitting me now. And it's, I think I just told myself that, you know, it's easier to hide from your family. That's a part of me I get to heal. It's a part of me I get to make right. Because I can make this right. So the point is, it's never too late. So I'm making that happen. I'm going to be re-engaged in my family's life. All right, <clears throat> so golly, I should put the music back on a freaking dance. I'm very excited about our guest. Because um, I'm excited about our guest. I don't know anything about her. But I've had multiple people reach out to me because, again, she was referred to the show. And I've had multiple people reach out and just go, oh, my gosh, this is going to be fantastic. So Marianne is a speaker, consultant, and a freelance digital content designer. This former New Yorker was a stand-up comedian at the age of 21 and opened her first successful business, a retail herb, tea, and gift shop at 25. Her, cor her corporate career has run the gamut from the regional customer service manager for a Northeast home improvement retail chain to construction accountant, business analyst, product manager, and operations director. She's been around. A married dink. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I've never heard of that. A single mom, an adoptee, raised by an ex-nun, a stand-up comedian, sole proprietor of a herb tea and candle shop, and the web designer, a nonprofit board member, wedding officiant, and a local band manager. She must live in LA. <laughs> she has overseen the details of projects from concept through development into successful launch. Notable among these is Health XNet, a web-based solution streamlining the flow of information between health plans hospitals and providers in New Mexico. But all that meant nothing on the day she nearly lost her son. Marianne's presentation are designed to inspire, motivate audiences to take fear out of the change, map their transformation into ideal vision of themselves and live their summon done on or highest good, Attempt a personal and professional transformation. She helps audiences and clients transform their business, digital presence, and themselves. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our guest. And, and, and I'm going to let her say her last name because I will not insult a woman like this. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Marianne to the show. Hey, Lauren Harris. How are you, man? Hey. Thank you so much for having me. You know, I, uh, I'm sorry for the long intro. 
I just, what's up, Carl? How you doing, man? Hi, Lauren. I, sorry for the long intro. I, um, this is my outlet, the show. So sometimes, sometimes I just need to share with what's on my heart. And, you know, sometimes I'm usually dancing before the show, but this time I just needed to share it, you know? So anyway, I apologize about that. You never need to apologize for being real and being your authentic self. That's the goal here. So uh, I think I'll change my last name officially to Be What Now because everyone trips right over it. And being a transformation consultant, I am interested in what you want to be next. The journey is, is I was about to say half the battle, but it, it's the entirety of the work on getting to your highest good. Your intro was you getting to your highest good. It, it takes increments. So please do not apologize for that. But for the curious, it is pronounced Bielka. And if you pretend the J is a Y, it's a lot easier with that. Well, I'm going to practice that tomorrow. <laughs> I I um let's just get into this. I um I don't really care about what you do professionally, honestly. I um I right now I don't. I, I know that you do an amazing work, but what I really what I really want to talk about because this stands out in your bio, mm -hmm. almost lost your son. Right, right. T take us there. So I think everyone has 1,440 minutes in a day but just one of them can change your life forever. And the one that changed my life forever, the one minute, was when I was standing there holding my son up by his foot and he was limp and he was blue. His lips were blue, his toes were blue, and his fingers were blue. Now you know this has a happy ending. But in that moment, no parent knows that is going to turn out well. So let me take you back in time as to what happened there. As you can tell from my bio, I'm a bit of a workaholic. I'm a bit of an entrepreneur. I like wearing different hats. And I like helping other people have success in fields that they might not be familiar in. Okay? To help them transform from where they are today to where they want to be. And let me tell you whether or not you know what you want to be, whether you're in the middle of a transformation or whether you're just deciding, I need to do something different. I can help you get there. But my son helps me get there. He is my hero. The day that this happened, it was uh, July 30th. I'll never forget the date. We were going to a birthday party at a city pool and you can smell the chlorine as soon as you go in. He is so excited because this is the first time he is swimming this summer, July 30th. The Christmas before, he had had emergency life-saving surgery and he has a scar from here to here. So he gets to show it off. He's like me. <laughs> He's very happy and too big at this point to have floaties. Mm -hmm. But we just got the okay for him to go back in the water a few days earlier. He has a boogie board and we're in the city pool. It's after hours and everyone from his school is there. All the parents and kids from his class, his best friend Alex is there. It's a beautiful day and you can hear the kids laughing and all the parents are either swimming or sitting around the pool. The, the lifeguards are there sitting 
at the pool level. Some of them are on their phones, not the lifeguards, but the, the parents. And in the grassy area, all the presents and the food that's there. So you know this scene. An hour and a half, my son is swimming in the pool, happy, on his boogie board, three feet of water. It goes down to four feet and back up to three. And I'm so proud. I'm so proud. This is a sensory challenged child who doesn't like washing his hair, doesn't like getting splashed in the face. Oh, wow. Has not been in a pool all summer. But peer pressure, the positive, you can do it, peer pressure, was everywhere. People were so enthusiastic to see him there. <laughs> you know, so we go, uh, we'll get a cupcake birthday time after an hour and a half in the water. It's time for Quinn to get a cupcake. And I ask if his best friend Alex wants to join us, but he's too busy going through water slides. You know, you can't stop a kid having fun in the water. <laughs> and have you ever tried to buy a car? Because that's the level of deliberation a kid picking out a cupcake goes into, right? Is it vanilla? Is it chocolate? Strawberry broth? And, and we are there for a very serious decision. <laughs> he picks his cupcake, he eats his cupcake, and he's about to go into the water. And here comes Alex. Now, I promised Alex's mom I'd keep an eye on him. She couldn't stay. I asked Quinn if he wants to stay. He wants to go back in the water. Alex wants to pick out a cupcake. And I'm thinking, I could be a helicopter mom, or I can trust my son who knows what he's doing in a pool with lifeguards and his friends and parents all around, just on the other side of a fence while I pick out a cupcake with Alex. That's all it took. So Alex goes to pick out his car. Okay, does he want a leather interior? Does he want heated seats? You know, chocolate frosting. <laughs> and I look, no, my son has bright red glasses and shocking blonde hair. So I'm scanning the pool. And I don't see him, but I'm not worried. Alex sits down, another minute goes by. I'm scanning and I don't see him again. And I think, I'm okay if he thinks I'm hovering because if anything happened, I wouldn't forgive myself. And I walk over to the pool. All the parents are there, kids are everywhere. And I see what everyone's, every parent's worst nightmare is, my son floating unconscious in the water, in four feet of water. Have you ever had a memory that other people gave you? Have you ever been in a situation where you don't recall the details? Yeah. Yeah, it's, they tell me that I screamed his name, that I dove into the water, and I picked him up by his ankle. And I walked over to where the lifeguards were sitting, sitting, not in their chairs, but at pool level. And these are high school kids. These are high school kids with summer jobs. And one of them says to me, we don't, we don't know unless they make noise, which is the exact opposite of drowning. <laughs> and I, I look at him and I said, don't even. <laughs> My son is limp and blue, but now his eyes are open and he's starting to move because apparently lifting someone over your head is a good way to get water out of their lungs. <laughs> And he did not need CPR. 
However, as I said, he had enough oxygen deprivation to change color. And one of the uh, rotating lifeguards <clears throat> came and asked, should I call an ambulance? I said, you do what you need to do. Do not ask me to make decisions here. Obviously, I did not say that that well, <laughs> but. Rightfully so. <laughs> the ambulance is called as Quinn starts to regain awareness, consciousness. He's like waking up from anesthesia, I think is the best scenario of it. And at this point, by the time the ambulance arrives, we're all away from the pool. Everyone's out. And I'm sitting on the grass with Quinn with his head in my lap. And he's awake. And I'm thinking, man, I mentioned he had life-saving emergency surgery not seven months prior. So this is twice in one year that I've nearly lost my son. <laughs> the ambulance comes and they determine his oxygen levels to be okay. He doesn't need to go to the hospital. There is something I'm not sure if you're familiar with called dry drowning, mm -hmm. where, yeah, and for your viewers who might not know, uh, that's where you get water in your lungs and you survive that. You can still die overnight because there may be water still in your lungs. And uh, many people who drown die from dry drowning within 24 oh, hours. Wow. So Alex was sleeping over and said he would sit vigil with Quint to make sure he was okay. And he did. He did. The gentleman, the boy, who was the supervisor, who's making the report, is sitting there. And I remember looking at him and saying, this turned out well. It almost didn't. Never let this happen again. You have to learn from this. This can't be for nothing. I wasn't mad. I don't know how I wasn't mad. <laughs> I was not angry at the lifeguards. I thought that my son would have PTSD from this. No, I have PTSD from this. Mm. A week later, one week to the day, we went back to the same pool to go swimming. Because you cannot let things like this stop you from mm. life. And this past summer, he took swimming lessons at this same pool and it has become his favorite pool. Now he's still sensory. To have him put his face in the water and, and blow bubbles is a big ask, but he does it now. He has more comfort level. To swim underwater, he's not there yet. So we're going through the series of lessons again, but at a different pool. <laughs> we'll go through the winter. And this, this boy, He's so bright. He is so charming and funny. And I'm biased, of course, <laughs> to think that it was almost cut short for lack of attention, lack of being in the moment, lack of people interacting with those right there with them instead of face down in your phone. Okay. That is a lesson that I took. And that's the moment my life changed. That is the minute I said, I need to do more. I am, I am working so much that I am not here for the sun. Okay? I'm a single mom. 
And I would pick him up and we'd have a whole hour and a half at night. and We'd have a whole hour in the morning where the word that you repeat every morning as a parent, shoes, where are your shoes? You just had your shoes on your feet, come get your shoes. And that is not meaningful conversation. <laughs> so from that day, I swore I am going to transition out of this corporate executive job that I have. And I am going to find a way we downsize, you know, we can cut out expenses, we can cut the frills. I don't need to wear fancy clothes. I don't need to go out to fancy dinners. <laughs> I need to be here with my boy. And, and so here, this is my boy at seven years old. That was how old he was. When that is adorable. <laughs> so can I ask you something? Mm -hmm. Are you able to look back at that moment of almost losing your son twice in one month? Are you able to... In, I'm sorry, one, I'm in one year. Are you able to look at that now and, and say that you're grateful for that moment? I am very grateful for that moment. Why? And I am grateful for his reactions to that moment. <laughs> That's awesome. He is very inspiring. He doesn't let life stop him either. And sometimes it's hard to find the strength within ourselves when it's only ourselves that we're answering to. To find the strength within ourselves when we're answering to someone else, whether they be someone who depends on us, someone who is a peer or an equal, or even someone who's all around, <laughs> shall remain nameless <laughs> and unknowable. We, we do- Dude, God? Exactly. God has a name, you could say God, on, on this show, we talk about Jesus. You're out of your freaking mind if you think you can't say God. Hey, if I allow people to come on here and talk about other things, you can say God and Jesus on this show. I can say Merry Christmas. Every day, I don't care. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah. And Happy Hanukkah. Today's Happy Kwanzaa, actually. So Happy I'm Kwanzaa. Happy. I'm yeah. happy. Anyway, so continue, please. Okay. Um, it, transitioning... Before the, the surgery happened, and, and this was a fluke thing where he had a growth in his intestines that was a blockage that needed to be removed, and getting it diagnosed was, was a hairy situation because nobody knew what it was, but ultimately, things worked out well. Three months before that, he handed me a list, and that list that he handed me has become a foundation for one of my popular keynotes in the book that's coming out in 2019, The Five Secret Steps to Becoming a Superhero as Told by a Seven-Year-Old. And it was those five steps that helped me get through <laughs> his repeated crises. The five steps helped Wait, did me. You say, did you say crises? Well, yes. I haven't heard that word in so long that I, almost forgot it existed. So I just wanted to be clear on what you said. Right. Um, the list that he handed me was to show his best friend, Alex, on how to be a superhero. Had five steps. I'm gonna show this to you. I'm gonna show this to you. This is a copy of the actual list that he handed me. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what they say, but I want you to have a checklist. <laughs> Each box gets successively bigger as it goes down and he handed this to me and the five steps are practice, make suits, 
Find your superpower. Wait, what? Find your superpower. Oh, God, I thought you said something else again. Okay, go ahead. It's like, oh. never mind. And meet the mayor is the fourth step. And the fifth step is work. That checkbox takes a quarter of the page. And I asked him why. Why is that checkbox so big? And he gives me an eye roll so hard you can hear it from down the hall. You know, <laughs> mom, it's the biggest one because it's the most important work. Do the work. So I hung this up, right? That's genius. <laughs> Seven years old. Genius. <laughs> I really like meet the mayor too. By the way, I I would like to shake his hand on that one. <laughs> that's a whole. That's a side story. But that is. Seven years old he was when he made that up? Wow. In the book and in the one-to-many audience presentations or one-to-one -one coaching, we deep dive into each one of these. For practice, what is your daily practice? Is it getting you to where you want to be? For years, my daily practice was sitting and not in meditation, but in front of a computer, surfing Facebook. That's not a good daily practice. <laughs> right? A year ago today. Sorry, Facebook audience. Well, well, I love Facebook, but I'm not. I was sitting there 24/7. I mean, I'm sure you have better, better control over it than I do, but I did not. No. I no, I don't at all. It's embarrassing. <laughs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> well, I'd like to think I escaped, but the point of my sitting, um, I was 311 pounds a year ago today. And I changed my daily practice. Wow. And I dropped 70 pounds this year. This is how I went on a ketogenic diet. Oh, I thought you were gonna say smoking meth. No, I, I like to not do that wherever possible. And that's always that. possible to not smoke meth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so you did keto? One of my friends, my my friend uh, Jose Alvarez, he is um he's lost a bunch of weight doing that. So do you have keto breath? Is that a thing? Is that a real thing? It is, but if you take chloroform drops or you have enough vegetables with it, that tends to make that go away. So it really is, and your energy levels are high and everything else, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Man, okay. it's not hard on your liver? Your blood's fine? Your cholesterol's good? Like. Oh. My blood work came back normal. I just had it done this past month. So, well, first, first and foremost, even if it was bad, congratulations because that, <laughs> that's amazing. That I mean, seriously, congratulations. That is so fantastic. Are you still on keto? I am. I have about fifty to go. So, we'll see. Fifty more pounds to get to. That, that's inspiring goal. to do it. I mean, have you enjoyed? Have you enjoyed the keto lifestyle, or are you having to like? you know, pump yourself up every morning. Okay, just day by day, let's do this. I mean, what's it like? When people hear that I've gone keto, they go, oh, I like bread too much. I like cake too much. <laughs> oh. And what I'm cutting out is flour and sugar and grains and vegetables that grow below ground unless they're a radish, essentially. So that's that's a lot. But when I want mashed potatoes, there's a way I could, I make mashed cauliflower and I spice it up with so much garlic, my Italian upbringing, you can't tell. 
So much cream. Ah, so good. If I want to make an English muffin, I use almond flour instead of regular flour, wheat flour. Does that work? It does work. Or coconut yeah. flour. There, there are ways to make just about any recipe that you'd crave into a keto version. Is it always exact? No. Oh, no. There are some horrible failures. <laughs> but the journey yeah. of trying it is great. And the wins, oh, when you when you hit one that really is a good win, right? It's delicious. You're five shades of inspiration. I mean, <laughs> seriously, I I love this. Oh, I, I'm I'm like that. That's 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 a tough one. I, but really, the thing is, is like you had. There's been so many layers of things that have happened in your life. I mean, and we've only talked about two things, but the fact is that you've not only just taken this and run with it where you're doing all the necessary things with taking your pain and your your the misery that you went through and using it to bless other people's lives but at the same time you're keeping it simple because it's so simple a seven-year-old could do it right. because a seven-year-old created this program essentially mm -hmm. and or, or planted the seed or planted the vision whatever it may be but the fact is that it's inspiring to me that you took this simple process and have made so many huge changes for the better mm -hmm. and using that pain for purpose. I think it's incredible. Thank you. Thank you. You, you mentioned meet the mayor. I want to, I want to talk about that briefly because if you're going to save the city, the mayor better have you in his phone, right? There's no bat signal <laughs> for everyone, but I don't mean the mayor here in Albuquerque, it's Tim Keller. I'm not sure who the mayor is uh, in your town, but I don't mean that mayor. I mean the person, the borough's mayor. You are the mayor, capital T-H-E. You need a mayor too. You need a mayor sometimes also. The mayor is the person who has access to the resources and the people to help you get to where you need to be. And sometimes it's the CEO, but more often than not, it is the receptionist with the keys to the supply cabinet. <laughs> it's a matter of surrounding yourself with the people who are of the right mindset, of the right group to get you where you want to be. And I think of all of this PSTV you've been talking about, I think you are exactly you have found your mayor and you're being the mayor. You know, that's the graduated step up. So congratulations. I am the world's mayor. <laughs> I told you. You just proved it to everybody and you didn't even know that was my nickname. I did. Oh, you did? Okay. I was like, how did you do that? That was impressive. <laughs> she said it. Okay. I, I love that. Anyway, but no, I think that that, is, that in itself is genius. Did, now, did he did he describe it that, or did you take the mayor and then shape that to to fit the course? I took that and and dove down, but Quinn is involved with me every step of the way. I ask, I'm doing this. Is it okay? In fact, I had this up by my my desk just as a uh, oh look at how clever my child is. Ha 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 ha! You know who doesn't want to do that? And I'm racking my brain over a client's issue and I look at it and I thought, that is the answer. 
that is the answer to their issue. First, they need to figure out what they're doing every day that they need to change. They need to make suits, sure, a cape is nice, or you know, the Incredibles, no capes, but <laughs> it's not just what you wear. You know, if you're more comfortable wearing your gardening clothes, you probably shouldn't go for a banking job. You know, right. Does your environment suit you? Do you have a secret lair where you can mm -hmm. refresh and recharge? Because if you don't take care of yourself, if you don't put that air mask on yourself, you can't be there for anyone else. And so many people who are so giving forget to recharge their own batteries until they're just laying there depleted and exhausted and in need of help. And then lather, rinse, repeat. You must take care of yourself. Hold on really quick. Melissa, uh, the growth for me is to be more childlike and to simplify. I like the simplicity of Marine's son's list, which is part of your book. Thank you for sharing. And thanks, Joshua, for having her on Gratitude Unfiltered. I am grateful. I am grateful for you, Melissa. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Melissa, yeah, agree. Really, this, I think this is beautiful because we complicate change so much. And even... These steps, I hate lists. I hate top 10 lists. I hate seven ways to do this. I don't even like five ways to do things. But the fact is that this is so simplified and really, really at the core, yet at the same time, it's also at the core roots of the things that we really truly need when we are trying to make that life change or we're working toward that life change. We're working towards purpose. We're working towards taking our crap and, 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 and fueling it something, you know, that we can create to make great. And I just, I, I, I like this a lot and I think it's practical. Let me ask you something. Is your son going to make a children's book version? I'll ask him right now. He's into comic books and, and we'll make it a comic book and make billions <laughs> of dollars and then donate to some, like take a percentage of it and donate to like um, a water safety group or, you know, basically to, to make it where lifeguards have to freaking pay attention, change a law, something like I think I think what you're doing is amazing because it applies to us, all of us who really feel like superheroes. Like we feel like we have a greater, bigger pick purpose than sitting and watch Dexter Marathon like I am right now. But I mean, we have a bigger vision. But for your child, think about the impact that would have. Oh, my gosh. If he made a book, like a comic book version of this. Terrific. I will run that by him. As I said, I make sure that he's on board because this is his. Yeah. I'm not the mom who took this and ran away from him with it. I'm the mom who took this from my child and studied it. We talk about it and hand in hand, we're going to go and share this message. So he gets more excited when I run these ideas by him. Good. That makes me really, really happy. And if you need, need any help making that come true, more than happy to connect you with the right people because I know one of my really good friends, Melissa Hall, um, her, she unfortunately lost her son um, to drowning in a river. And she's using that, you know, she she's going out and making a lot of change in the world. But I know a lot of people that would be very, very interested in something like this because it would help a lot of people, both young and parents or grandparents. So I commend you on what, I, I, if I can offer any assistance at all, I'm more than happy to help. Thank you, I, you'll hear from me. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, all right, listen, I, 
I, I, I, I dig you and I would actually love to have you back on again okay. and, and, and do this again, because I know it's, it's a relatively short interview, but honestly, I'm emotionally exhausted. Like I, I kind of, yeah. I'm ready to like, just sit. <laughs> so, and, and, and really kind of be with myself. I almost canceled, but I love doing the show so much and I kind of needed to talk about what was going on. But now I'm kind of ready to sit. Like this has even been heavy, but it's also inspiring. And that's why, like, I would love to have you back on because I there's so many more levels. I want to talk about comedy. I want to uh, with you. I want to talk about more lighthearted stuff. But I am a fan of you, and I'm so grateful I didn't cancel the interview just because I I I I think the world of you and will do anything I can to support you. Oh, that's so sweet, Joshua. It's the Mutual Appreciation Society. You. Go make suit, recharge, refresh, so you can come back and be a mayor superhero for everyone. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you. Bless you. Okay, you guys, I'm I'm done. Um, watch the replay, and it'll make more sense why I'm ending it abruptly. I'm just I'm ready to like sit. So, and uh, yeah, I'm ready to. Sit. I love you guys. Thanks. Thank <laughs> you.